0: blog talk radio hi i'm dd Dee Dee trotter olympic gold medalist and three-time olympian and you're listening to taylor made sports with kevin taylor Another exciting edition of Taylor A Sports. I'm your host, Kevin Taylor, coming to you from my hometown, the capital city of Georgia, of Atlanta. And I hope that everyone has had a great weekend as we record this program on Monday, August 15th. And before I go any further, got us in a special Happy birthday. Shout out to the wonderful sister only a loving brother could have, and that's to my sister, Lisa Tinsley. Lisa, you know your big brother loves you. Happy birthday, and may God bless you with many more. And like I said, hopefully everyone has had a great weekend, and now it's time to get back to another week, and that means... Sports Talk, and of course on this program, you know how we do it, we talk sports from Atlanta and around the country. And of course, we've got a lot to talk about on this program. We're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons as they won their first preseason game of the season, 23-17 over the Washington Redskins. We'll talk about how Matt Ryan looked, in my opinion, also Matt Schaub, and we'll get into the upcoming game this Thursday night in Cleveland as the Falcons go and face the Browns, of course, led by RG3, Robert Griffin III. Also, we'll talk about the Atlanta Braves as they went 5-5 five five and five on their last road trip as they returned home to face uh, the Minnesota Twins and also the Washington Nationals at Turner Field. As well as we'll talk about the Olympics and we'll get you caught up on all the Olympic action and headlines right here on this edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Also, don't forget you can reach out to me anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kevin Taylor 98 It'll be great to hear from you, so make sure that you send me a friend request or follow me on Twitter or uh, you know, check out my uh, photos that I have posted on Instagram as well. So it'll be great to be friends with you also. No doubt about it. All right, so let's get to our lead story of this week. And it's uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Like I told you, they beat the Washington Redskins last Thursday 23-17 inside the Georgia Dome to open up the 2016 preseason. And uh, camp has been very high-spirited. Of course, the Falcons have signed a noted pass rusher and some would say future Hall of Famer, Dwight Freeney. But he did not play last Thursday Also you got some well-known celebrities Who have been at camp Uh, The Nature Boy, Ric Flair From the WWE And of course I remember watching Ric Flair In his days of WCW And uh, T.I. was at uh, camp on Sunday, so uh, it's been a very high-spirited uh, camp, no doubt about that, as the Falcons prepare for their next preseason game. And uh, the defense actually is what uh, caught Dan Quinn's eyes. They held strong in the fourth quarter to hang on to beat the Redskins in their preseason opener. Now, some notes of interest, the Falcons offense actually recorded a total of 359 yards, and that includes 280 passing yards. But get this, none were recorded by Matt Ryan. Yes, you heard me right. Matt Ryan was 0 for 4 0 for 4 He did not complete a pass. Now, I understand the first series and the only series that he played, you know, he backed up at the one-yard line, but come on now. You're going to be facing situations like that during the season. You've got to play better than that. And I think that uh, as the preseason goes along, I think they will have that corrected. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to come out and and uh you know that could be the pass for sure but uh, they'll work on that uh the team also averaged 6.1 yards per play now quarterback Matt Schaub and I know a lot of people are like hey he looks good in his second state in Atlanta he completed his first pass in the Falcons uniform since December 31st 2006 wow almost 10 years ago can you believe that and that was against the Philadelphia Eagles Schaub went on to complete 10 of his 15 pass attempts for 179 yards. And get this, a QB rating of 107.4. That sounds like a radio station, right? It's (laughs) 107.4. But that was his QB rating. And uh, he played a quarter and a half. Uh, quarterback Sean Renfrey didn't look too bad either. He completed five of nine passes for 109 yards and had a passer rating of 95.1. Now that sounds like a radio station, too. 95.1. And <laughs> yeah, he played only before the quarter. Now, kicker Matt Bryan went on uh, to uh, have a two-for-two field goal kicking night, including connecting on a 42-yard field goal in the second quarter and uh, last season he converted 14 of 18 field goals in 10 games before being placed on IR. Bryant also made all 26 of his uh, PAT attempts as well. Uh, Ricky running back Brandon Wilds from South Carolina, he scored his first touchdown of the game on a one-yard carry in the second quarter. Wilds now, by the way, led the game, Gamecocks in rushing last season with 567 yards in nine games. Now, the highlight of the night was wide receiver Aldrick Robinson. He recorded catches of 47 and 68 yards in the second quarter, and he finished the game with three receptions for 118 yards. Robinson played in 36 games with three starts in four seasons with the Redskins, and he has recorded 30, 30 catches for 608 yards and five touchdowns during his career. Now, wide receiver J.D. McKissick, Hey, he electrified the crowd, and sometimes, you know, if you don't make it in your position, you can always make it on special teams, right? And he made a strong case for his solidifying the spot as he returned the opening kickoff of the second half 101 yards for a touchdown. Now, according to stats, that would be the second-longest kickoff return for a touchdown in Falcons history. McKissick was a first-team all-Sunbelt Conference selection at both the wide receiver and all-purpose positions. And of course, uh, you know what notable team here in Atlanta plays in the Sun Belt Conference? Yes, Georgia State. All right. Now the Falcons' defense held the Redskins to 234 total yards, including one. defensive tackles Brandon Williams and uh, Norley Kemp, I teamed up for a sack in the fourth quarter. So the Falcons were able to get some good pressure on the Washington Redskins quarterbacks. So those were some great highlights uh, from uh, last Thursday's game against the Washington Redskins. And like I said, now you're going to turn your attention to the Cleveland Browns, led by Robert Griffin III. Now, Hopefully, the Falcons can come away with some, some positives from this game against Washington. The defense, I feel, will be fine. Now, I know it's only preseason. I know that. But at the same time, this is going to be some key personnel that the Falcons have included. Now, Big Beasley, on the other hand, I, I thought that he struggled in, in his time there. You know, he, even though he was – playing him against a a larger offensive tackle against the Redskins, but with the addition of the white Freeman, maybe this might take some pressure off of Vic Beasley. I thought he struggled last year, but it came out that he had a torn labrum. Now, this year, he should be returning at full strength, so we'll see as the preseason goes along, but I know in this first game, I made sure that I watched that matchup, and Vic struggled in my opinion. Now, getting Dwight Freeney on the field. Hopefully we can see him in action this coming Thursday, or if not, especially in Game 3 of the preseason, because I'm very excited about Dwight Freeney being in a Falcons uniform, the way he can bring. I know he'll bring some leadership uh, to the Falcons, and uh, we'll see how that uh, goes along. But uh, I really feel that uh, the Falcons had some good moments on Thursday night. Of course, Dan Quinn even stressed that. He liked the speed and big hits that he saw on defense. And uh, it really showed, he said, the speed, and that's what we're looking to see. That's what Quinn said on Friday, how fast we close to make those kind of hits. There were probably about two or four, I'm sorry, three or four occasions where we saw a number of either safeties or linebackers or a combination really close to go finish. Now, the Redskins, they took possession at its 29 with 130 remaining and was held without a first down. So that's showing you how good the Falcons' defense was able to hold in a close game. Now, following the game, Quinn said linebacker Sean Witherspoon and Devontae Campbell and quarterback Brian Poole stood out for their contact hits that they want to see. He also added that linebackers Deion Jones and Leroy Reynolds and safety Kamal Ishmael to his list of players making strong tackles in his statements. He also said when you get one of those situations in the preseason, you can learn from it, adjust from it, and hopefully when we get those chances in the regular season, we'll be more productive in that situation that we were tonight. That's Matt Ryan uh, speaking at that point. But uh, uh, you know, from an offensive standpoint, Matt Ryan, like I said, he struggled. He was over four passing and did not lead the offense to a first down on his two possessions. Now, will this be a concern? Uh, we'll see. That's the only thing that we can know right now. It's just wait and see, but. The more work that's being done in practice, the more I'm pretty sure the offense will probably start to click. Now, some notable notes here. Uh, Kamal Ishmael, he has a sprained shoulder, and he was held out of Sunday's practice, so I'm pretty sure he'll be evaluated day to day. Uh, Keanu Neal and uh, tight end uh, Levine Tololo are expected to return to practice uh, after they were being held out of the game on Thursday, Uh, Keanu Neal had a trunk injury. You know, what is is a trunk? I've I've heard that, but, you know, anybody who knows what a trunk injury is, you know, reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter and and let me know what that is, all right? (laughs) We hear that a lot, but it's not really an explanation for that. Wow. And so uh, we'll see. But uh, Thursday night, Falcons are back in action in Cleveland against the Browns, and I believe that kickoff is at 7 p.m., so, what to look for in this game? Watch for the Falcons try to disrupt RG3. They try to, of course, plug in the holes to try to limit Cleveland's running attack. Now, that's what you could expect on defense. On offense, look for the Falcons to try to regroup, especially for the starters to get more in rhythm, especially in the passing game. I believe you'll see Devontae Freeman run the ball slightly more, as well as you'll see, like I said, more passing attempts. And you probably will see Matt Schaub around the same length of time in this second preseason game. Matt Ryan will probably play the first quarter. Matt Schaub maybe a quarter and a half, and then you'll see everyone else. Maybe Sean Winfrey, Matt Sims, and so forth. But I'm pretty sure that that passing attack will be at more emphasis in this second preseason game. All right? So make sure that you uh, try to watch out for that, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be an exciting game on Thursday night in Cleveland. It's Made Sports. I'm Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. Got us a big shout out to Michelle White and also to Willie Barnes. Thank you so much for your support of Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. All right, now the Atlanta Braves. We're going to move on to baseball now. As the Braves, you know, in my opinion, they're playing much better baseball under Brian Snicker. You know, they still have one of the worst records in baseball. Of course, they got after that very slow start. They've added Matt Kemp to the lineup, which is good because Freddie Freeman, he's on the tail right now. You know, he's doing very well. Um, you got some of the guys who are contributing, but you you, pre- you pretty much have your starting lineup at least until those September call ups. You got Nick Markakis out and right, you've got Ender and CRT in center, Matt Kemp in left. You're going to have a, Adonis Garcia at third base, Eric Ibar at short. You're going to have that platoon right now of uh, Gordon Beckham and Jace Peterson at, at second base. You've got Freddie Freeman, of course, at first. You've got Anthony Recker at catcher and uh, A.J. Pruszynski. You know, those two guys will probably flip-flop. And, then, of course, you've got your young pitchers coming up. Uh, that's going to be the key right there is how good your pitching staff will be and how solid they will be going down this home stretch because the Braves have some good young talent, and I remember that young talent back in 1990. Because of course I'm an Atlanta native, I remember the young talent that was here. A lot of people were saying, "Oh man, why would you trade Doyle Alexander for John Smoltz?" John Smoltz turned out to be, it. I was one of them. I gotta admit that I was one of them. We this got John Smoltz, you know, this guy. You know, they're trading a, a, a known commodity for a guy who's up and coming. But John Smoltz turned out to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. And now you've got a nucleus that reminds me of the up-and-coming Braves in the late 80s, early 90s. Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Steve Avery, you you traded for Greg Maddox. So going into this new stadium of SunTrust Park in 2017, the Matt Kemp deal was a boost to the offense. Who knows what the Braves are going to do in the offseason with trying to bolster their pitching staff. Free agents, I'm sure, they probably will try to sign. Tyrell Jenkins is one of my favorite young pitchers. And uh, he has had a high number of walks, and he's been able to succeed. But suddenly he was not. Jenkins walked three batters in four and two-thirds innings, and the Braves' bats were quiet as Tanner Rourke won his fourth straight start and the Nationals defeated the Braves 9-1. to uh, Jenkins, who is, of course, a Braves righty, has now walked 30 and struck out 21 in 46 innings. I, I know that's high. Yeah, I know, I know. He had allowed just two earned runs in his last three starts, though, before facing the Nationals. Now, according to Brian Snicker, you can't go out and give free passes to these guys. It's a really good offensive ball club, and we've got to make them earn everything they get. You can't put extra guys on base, or it'll bite you, and it did. And sure enough, it did. Jenkins is now two and three on the season, um, but like I said, he's been pitching, pitching okay. Eric Aybar drove in the Braves' only run, and Freak Freeman did have two hits. But uh, against the Nationals, you cannot, you cannot walk guys. You just you just can't do it. You know, because like Snickers said, you're going to pay, and pay they did. The Braves bullpen has been one of the best in the league, though, lately. So, But you don't want to overwork them. That's true. You don't want to do that. Warwick uh, is now 13-6 on the season, and he allowed only one run over seven innings. Uh, now, Bryce Harper, he had missed five straight games with a neck injury, and uh, the reigning NL MVP was said to set out another two, but it was, he, as he wasn't in the original lineup. But the Nationals is, issued a revised lineup 90 minutes before the schedule started. Harper was in right field. And you know what he did? He had an RBI double in his return to the lineup. And, uh, you know, Bryce Harper is an exciting player and has a lot of fans. And uh, he finished one for three with a walk and scored twice. And um, that was the day after uh, General Manager Mike Rizzo said results of an MRI on Harper's neck came back clean, so there's nothing to pretty much be concerned about with there. You're a Nationals fan. The Nationals took two of three from the Braves, which closed his three-city, ten-game road trip at five and five. So even though you're one of the worst teams in baseball, you know, let alone the National League, you had a pretty decent trip. I mean, you gotta you gotta give the Braves that. They did. I mean 5 and 5, you can't argue with that. Um now let's talk about Edgar Ncrt, Ender Ncrt, rather. He's now reached base safely in a career best 25 straight games and during the streak he's hitting 354. He's 35 for 99 with 18 runs scored. Julio Tiron, you know, he's on the DL with a right lat strain. He allowed one earned run over five innings in a rehab start at Triple-A Gwinnett on Sunday, and he wants to be back with the big league club this weekend for the big series against the Nationals. Now, the Braves return home for a two-game series with Minnesota, also another team with the, one of the worst records in baseball. Starting on Tuesday, the Braves swept the Twins in Minneapolis, so hopefully the Twins will not return the favor. <laughs> hopefully the Braves can make it a clean sweep, uh, you know, for these two games here this week. Joel De La Cruz, who's 0-5 with a 4.09 ERA, opens the series. And fellow right-hander, Irvin Santana, who's 5-9 with a 3.62, will go for the Twins. I have watched De La Cruz, and uh, hopefully he can get that first win on Tuesday night. And like I said, uh, after that two-game series against Minnesota, you've got uh, four games against the Nationals, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so make sure that you go down to Turner field because this is the last year of the Braves at Turner Field, so you want to go and show your support right so uh I think the Braves should have a good week, hopefully they will all right, it's Taylor Mane sports with Kevin Taylor, make sure you check out my post on Facebook, twitter, and instagram at kevin taylor ninety eight All right, you know, switching gears now to the Olympics. The Olympics, I love the Summer Olympics. They are very exciting. And this year has been no different. This is my time that I really enjoy monitoring and watching the Summer Olympics for the track and field events. Swimming is great. Gymnastics is is great. But bring back baseball. Bring it back. Bring back baseball. Come on. (laughs) I remember 20 years ago. Well, the Olympics were in my hometown of Atlanta, and my mom was able to get me a a ticket to one of the baseball games. And I really enjoyed myself. I had a great time. But now, of course, you don't have baseball in the Olympics. I I may try to start start a petition for that. How about that? Who's with me? Let's let's see all the hands that are listening to the show right now. If you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, raise your hand If you want to see baseball back in the Olympics, raise your hand. All right, I got some support out there. All right. And what about women's softball? Let's bring back women's softball. Raise your hand on that. All right, yeah, I see you. I see you. <laughs> I think that would add to a lot of excitement, no doubt about that. And uh, Michael Phelps, hey, he's Mr. Excitement in the Olympics. and He has now won so many more medals than any other Olympian. And, uh, you know, hey, he's got to be in the discussion of one of the best Olympic athletes ever. And uh, if this is his last Olympic Games, he definitely went out on top Saturday night, winning one last goal in the four by one hundred meter medley relay in his final race in Rio, and according to him, his final competitive race ever. Of course, that's what he said after the two thousand twelve Olympics, right? <laughs> that was the twenty third career gold medal and places the Republic of Phelps <laughs> Republic of Phelps, right. Uh, in a tie with uh South Africa for 38 slates for most gold medals won by a country, uh, all-time summer and winter games combined. So uh, yeah, he has his own uh, uh, country, as you can say, himself, because <laughs> he's in a class by himself, no doubt. Um, now, let's let's put this into perspective. Now, I was able to get this stat, you know, basically from NPR. So NPR helped me out with this. Uh Twenty-eight is his number of overall medals total in five Olympic Games. Twenty-three gold, three silver, two bronze. In London in 2012, he surpassed the previous record holder of the modern games, Soviet gymnast Larissa Latina, who won 18 medals, including nine golds from 1956 to 1964. Thirteen is the number of individual gold medals, Phelps has won, including the 200 meter individual medley on Thursday night. And with that victory, Phelps truly left his mark on Olympic history, claiming one more victory than Leodonis of Rhodes, who won the last of his sprinting titles in 152 BC. And uh, back then, the top finishers received olive wreaths, not medals. Zero is the number of medals Phelps won in his first Olympics in Sydney in 2000. But he was just 15 then, so, you know, you gotta got to give him a break, right? 31, Phelps' current age, that made him the oldest swimmer to ever win an individual medal on Thursday. But that milestone was to pass the very next evening, with fellow American Anthony Irvin, who's 35 won the 50-meter freestyle with five goals and a silver in Rio. Phelps says looked remarkably sharp while swimming a heavy load this past week. Now, if he wants to do it again, he'll be 35 when the games in Tokyo come around in 2020. But uh, he does say and insist that this time his retirement is for real. 50 is the number of miles Phelps swam weekly at the peak of his training before the 2008 games. He had his best showing with eight of eight gold medals in eight events. Phelps acknowledged he was lax about training in the run-up to the London Games in 2012, where he still won four golds and two silver and uh, he says he was far more dedicated before Rio. And 12,000 is the number of calories Phelps was consuming daily to fuel his training in 2008. A typical adult would be somewhere around 2,000 calories a day. Phelps says he eats less now, though he still acknowledges a breakfast that includes a three-egg omelet, three pieces of French toast, and coffee. So if you want to become a swimmer, make sure you have a very high-calorie diet. <laughs> Michael Phelps, one of the greats to ever be on. All right, well, you know, you got a lot more excitement in the Olympics as of course they close out this coming Sunday. But uh, you know, the fastest woman in the uh, Olympics right now is Elaine Thompson. She over the weekend won the women's 100 meter race, and uh, American Tori Bow- Bowie. Uh, won the silver, and uh, Shelly Ann Frazier-Price came in third. So congratulations to Tori Bowie on uh, her accomplishment in that race there, and also to Elaine Thompson for coming in in first place. Now, of course, the big talk over the weekend as well was uh, Usain Bolt. He won his third gold medal in the 100 meters on the men's side. He's, again, hey, you know his claim right now. is He's the fastest man in the world. Won the 100 meters in 9.81 seconds on Sunday. It's the third consecutive Olympic 100 gold for the 29-year-old Jamaican sprinter, who also has won the 200 and 4x100 relay in the previous two games. The USA's Justin Gatlin led early in the race, but Bolt turned on the burners to pass his rival. Gatlin finished in 9.89 seconds, good enough for silver. Instead, Olympic medal. In the event, gold in 2004 and bronze in 2012, uh, Canada's Andre Grasse took the bronze in 9.91 seconds. And uh, earlier on Sunday, Boat wanted a semifinal heat in 9.86 seconds, cruising across the finish line with a smile while looking back at the competitors he left in the dust. And you can see that. Actually, online on different uh, Twitter feeds and also on uh, NBC Olympics, they tweeted it out as well with the caption, Catch me if you can, and uh, not bad there. (laughs) Not bad at all. But, uh, of course, uh, there was some uh, serious news um, about the uh, Olympic swim team, though, Ryan Lochte and uh, some of his teammates. Uh, were robbed early Sunday. Uh, Lockney and three other American swimmers were robbed at gunpoint early Sunday by thieves posing as police officers who stopped their taxi and took their money and belongings. And uh, the latest security incident hit Rio. Uh, Lockney told NBC that one of the robbers put a gun to his forehead before taking his wallet. No one was injured, and uh, he did send out a statement saying that, while it is true that my teammates and I were victims of a robbery early Sunday morning, but what's most important is that we are safe and unharmed. Like me said in a message posted on Instagram, I look forward to getting home so that I can begin to map out the plans for my future with an eye on representing Team USA at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So uh, hopefully um, everything will be fine there uh, while they're still over in Rio. And uh, we'll just pray for uh, the safety of our Olympic athletes because, um, you know, I have heard of some violent situations uh, happening over in Rio, and uh, we just want to uh, pray for their protection and um, so that they will be able to have a enjoyable stay as well as return home safely. So I'm pretty sure more will come about from that um, uh, incident involving Ryan Lochte and the uh, swim team coming up in the days to come. And, of course, we cannot forget about the uh, women's uh, gymnastic team, as uh, Simone Biles uh, has done very well. And uh, we can't forget about uh, Simone uh, Manuel uh, bringing home uh, gold medals in her competitions as well, uh, individual, as well as uh, uh, on a team aspect. So congratulations to both Simone's on a great job, as well as to the U.S. gymnastic team as a whole, as well as uh, the U.S. women's swim team as well. So, um, you know, another thing, too, Simone Biles, her drive for five Olympic gold medals it was, actually came to an end on Monday, is the Olympic all-around champion wobbled during the middle of her routine during balance beam finals on Monday. She landed awkwardly while completing the uh, front somersault and grabbed the beam with both hands to, abo- to avoid falling down. Now, the 19-year-old already has three goals in Rio, as she was attempting to become the first female gymnast to win five gold medals in a single Olympics. Her score of 14.733 was eclipsed by Sam Weaver of the Netherlands minutes later. Biles will be in the mix for another goal on Tuesday in the floor exercise final, and I'm pretty sure that we will be watching that. So uh, the exciting Olympic Games of 2016 will continue on throughout the week. So make sure that you catch all the action on the networks of NBC. I know I will be watching, especially track and field. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Made Sports, my friends. Make sure that you catch me for the next edition of Telemate Sports as the segment with guests will return. That's right. On uh, the next edition of Taylor Made Sports, we're going to have guests. We're going to have a preview of the upcoming seasons for Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Georgia State. Also, Atlanta Falcons news, Braves news, Olympic recap. We've got it coming up on the next episodes of Taylor Made Sports. So make sure that you check out. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and KevinTaylor98 to find out when they will air as we go into football season beginning in September. I know a lot of people, especially here in the South, are excited about that. Well, my friends, as always, never be discouraged, always encouraged. Until the next time, I'm out.